Would you turn with me this evening to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We began a few weeks ago on this series called Hungry for the Holy Spirit. Somebody say hungry for the Holy Spirit. What about those that hunger and thirst after the right things of God? That's the ones that will get filled up. Said out loud, I'm hungry for the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and the uh, 31st, the last verse of the chapter, 31, said, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Skip on down to the 14th chapter of, uh, in the first verse, 14.1. He said, follow after charity or love and do what? Desire. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Skip down to the uh, next to the last verse in that 14th chapter, verse 39. 1439, he said, wherefore, brethren, covet, somebody say covet, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Do we see a recurring theme? Covet, desire, covet. Covet what? The gifts of the Spirit. Covet, desire them. Now, as we've been talking about this, it's obvious that so many folks come woefully short in this area. People are not coveting these things. They're not desiring them. People are perfectly content without them. Hmm? Christians are perfectly content to live their whole life and never speak in tongues or prophesy or have an interpretation or a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, etc., etc., in fact, many churches, many churches where people are genuinely born again, they love the Lord, they die tonight, they go straight to heaven, but they don't even believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They believe it's all passed away, not for us anymore. Hmm? Well, they're certainly not coveting them, then are they? They don't even believe they're for us now. I don't believe that there are three whole chapters smack dab in the middle of the New Testament that are completely irrelevant for us in 2007. Do you? We talked last week. There's a whole chapter right in the middle of the New Testament on speaking in tongues and prophesying. And yet, most of the body of Christ don't even believe in it. Hmm? Well, what other chapters are we going to say have passed away in the New Testament? I mean, that's mighty easy to just take a whole passage of Scripture and say, oh, that's not for us nowadays. And anything that you're not experiencing or haven't had personal experience, go, well, that's not for us nowadays. Or you find something that your flesh don't want to hear. Well, that's not for us nowadays. That's mighty convenient, isn't it? Not for us nowadays. All passed away. When the last apostle died, all that ceased. Well, we don't believe it. I said, we don't believe it if it's in the Bible. It's true, it's for us, right? 
Say it out loud. The Bible, the Bible is, God is God talking to me, talking to me. Today. today. Well, he told you and me to covet, yes. covet and desire the gifts of the Spirit. How many would just throw up your hand and say, okay, I do, I will. Whether you understand them or not, if he said covet them, that ought to be enough for you. Say, yeah, show me what they are, help me. You say to covet them, I want them. I want them. Covet them. Willing to do whatever it takes to get it. Desiring it more than you do any natural thing. We'll go back to verse 1. Let's stir ourselves up tonight. He said, chapter 12, I should have said, chapter 12 and verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. And isn't that something that the thing he said I don't want you to be ignorant about? The church is so ignorant about. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And as we've said before he's talking about speaking by inspiration. Not just talking off the top of your head but prophesying. And that nobody that's really prophesying by the Holy Spirit is going to say anything negative about Jesus. And on the other hand, nobody prophesying by a wrong spirit is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And has come in the flesh. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, or the margin says ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, different way, different gifts, different ministries, and different ways God operates. But it's the same God which works all in all. You know, we've got to be open because the Lord doesn't do things the same way all the time. Not just in church services now, every day of your life. You know, there's something about a... David that stands out, King David, there's something he practiced habitually, and it was inquiring of the Lord. Have you read about it? Time, I mean, things had come up, and the Bible said, and David inquired of the Lord. And then something came up, it looked identical to what happened the day before, and he said he inquired of the Lord again anyhow. And it's a good thing he did, because often the Lord gave him a different answer. When their enemies had come up against them, he had inquired of the Lord. Now, he's a military man from his youth. They've fought battles. They've won battles. But he doesn't assume anything. Lord, do I go up against them? Or do I stay at the house today? <laughs> and oftentimes, the Lord would say, go up against them. I'll give them into your hand. So he did. And the Lord did. And they were. And again, something come up, he'd inquire of the Lord. And sometimes the Lord said a very similar thing. Go up against them. I'll deliver them into your hand. One day he said it, and the Lord said, don't go up against them. Well, it's a good thing he asked. And then he said, don't go up against them, but go around behind them. And wait till you hear the rustling in the mulberry bushes. Now, wow. You wouldn't have thought of that. What if you hadn't asked? 
What's the answer to a thousand and one questions every day? Be led by the Holy Spirit. And actually, as we're getting into this, I'm seeing that the Lord is leading me back to the same thing. He gave me a, uh, what's the word, a directive for this church when we first began. As your minister, he directed me, teach the people, instruct the people, minister to people in these three areas. I wrote them down in red. I dated it. I've told you numerous times about it. What are they? Anybody remember? Teach the people about love, how to love each other, how to keep the love commandment. And that's why you've heard some things about it. Secondly, teach the people about faith, how to live by faith, how to walk by faith. You've heard a lot about it. You're going to hear a lot more about it. What was the third one? Teach the people how to be led by the Spirit. And we're talking about being hungry for the Holy Spirit. And the further I get into it, I'm seeing more and more of it ties right in to being led by the Spirit. (laughs) The manifestations of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, how do you get into them? Well, we saw that verse we just read a few minutes ago. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Well, who is love? God is love. Well, the Holy Spirit's the Spirit of God must be the Spirit of love. So we're still following the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit and desiring spiritual gifts, would that cause you to have more? If you're hungry for them and you desire them and you covet them and you pay attention and He leads you to do this and you do it. And He leads you to step out here and you do. Step out, speak out, expect Obey, look, and as you do, things are going to happen. Manifestations are going to happen. See, what we're talking about here, and some people think that when you start talking about tongues and interpretation and prophecy and gifts of healings, and they just turn you off because they think, oh, that's, I don't know about it, that's extreme, I don't know about all. That describes the book of Acts. That is the book of Acts. We're going to get into it tonight. And that is the spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And it wasn't for some of those people back then. How many believe we're a part of exactly the same church that's talked about and written about in Acts? we got the same Jesus, same name of Jesus, same Holy Spirit. Same miracle power, same word of God, same commission. That's not a different bunch from us. That's just a record of the beginning of us. The book of Acts is still being written. But so much has been lost through the years. Instead of gaining and growing in these things, people have explained it away. And particularly in our Society today, people think we're so advanced because of our technology. And, but what has happened in many, many places, intellectualism has replaced spirituality, including the church. I heard a fellow the other day talking about talking to an individual, and uh, the Lord used them 
tremendously in ministry, but they were just aghast that they didn't have a degree. They, you know, the way they talked, you couldn't be a preacher unless you had uh, proper seminary degrees. Well, the truth is, you can have nine degrees and not be any kind of a minister. <laughs> not knocking education, but you can have read, you know, a million books. You could have written 50 books. It doesn't make you spiritual. Doesn't make you powerful. Doesn't cause results. No, the call of God and the anointing of God is what qualifies. The gifts of the Spirit get the job done. When no amount of talking or sweating could have ever got it done. If Jesus needed it, we all need it. If Peter and Paul and those guys in the book of Acts needed it, we need it. If they couldn't do it without it, we can't do it without it. Somebody say, I covet. I desire. I value the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. What we're talking about is a spiritual life instead of a carnal life. That's what we're talking about. And it started with them getting filled and speaking in tongues. Didn't it? Well, how do you think it's going to start with us? Same way. Getting filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues and then getting filled again. If that sounds strange to you, look it up. Same bunch that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again a couple of chapters later. There is one initial filling of the Spirit many Supposed to be many subsequent refillings. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Ephesians 5 talks about be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the implication if you looked up the words is be being filled. How many desire the Spirit-filled life? Well, what is the Spirit-filled life? The Spirit-filled life is the book of Acts. What is the book of Acts? Talking in tongues, prophesying, healings, miracles, visions and revelations, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Come on. Is that the book of Acts? Why do we think it's okay for us to settle for less? Why would we be so presumptuous and proud and foolish to think that our education is a suitable replacement for what they had? It doesn't satisfy your spirit. It doesn't satisfy mine. Hmm? But see... The reason I say it is because there's been all kind of books written on this. And most of the Christian world believes that has passed away. It was only in the beginning to kind of make a real splash and get things going and started. But now since we got the canon of the scripture completed and we got all the books of the Bible, we don't need that anymore. Said who? We don't need this anymore. 
It's God's plan for the ages. It's God's plan for the church. Somebody say the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Acts. It'd be a good idea to read the book of Acts. Again. During this series. Get in there and read it again. Why? What are you reading it for? This is what your life's supposed to read like. And it's not just talking in tongues. Anything you read in there that you have no experience in or hadn't been around, you need to stop and say, Lord, elevate my life to match this. Elevate our church to match this. Elevate our ministry and our family to match this. We want it. And that is coveting the gifts. Because even so, it says the title says the Acts of the Apostles. That's a name man gave to it. Really, I think a better title would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. Because it's Him doing it. It's Him doing it. Now, let's read the gifts of the Spirit. He said, I don't want you ignorant about these things. He said, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Just preachers that pray a lot. Who? Every man to profit withal. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another divers kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. Now you can see every one of those repeatedly in the book of Acts. Every one of them. You can see all of them in the Old Testament except for tongues and interpretation. That's distinctive of the church age. But all these work that one and the self-same spirit dividing to who? Every man severally or individually as he wills. This letter is not written just to Joe Smith in the church at Corinth. It's written to the church. For the whole church To covet and desire these things. And then he said if you're doing that. Then God's going to manifest through individuals. Different individuals as he wills. All of us should want these things. And we shouldn't just zero in on ourselves. How many would like to see a work in the miracles manifest if it wasn't through you? If it was through the person sitting beside you or in front. As long as somebody had got their miracle. Right? If somebody got their healing, what do you care that didn't come through you? And that's the love aspect of it that keeps it pure and right. It's not just so we can have an experience. We want the will of God. We want miracles. We want people's needs met. People set free. And it's going to take the power of God to do it. You can counsel till you turn blue in the face. You can read books and look up stuff till you fall off your chair. And it's going to take the power of God to fix these things. Can you say amen? amen? And it begins by all of us as a church family respecting these things and valuing these things and hungering for these things. The Lord's already heard our prayer. He's already spoken to us about it. Hmm? It's already begun. It's already in the works. 
And all of us want to be open to him manifesting something to us or through us any time. But we shout just as loud or louder when he used somebody else. Bottom line is they got their healing. They got the answer. They got their direction. All of us desire all of them. And yet he said to one is given. To another and to another. So the implication is one person is not going to have every, all of these manifesting through them necessarily. God's going to use different people. And that's great with us. As long as it gets done. Our life is supposed to read and sound like the book of Acts. The same kind of things that were happening in the churches recorded in the book of Acts are and will be happening at Faith Life Church. Right? Why not? Why would anybody think it's not the will of God? I mean, what better example are we going to find to emulate, to follow? You know, people, I've had people ask me, well, Brother Keith, come teach us on church growth. Brother Keith, come teach us, you know. Y'all didn't have a church, then all at once you got a nice-sized church. You come teach us on, on the principles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, what? Well, what's the pattern? Acts. The book of Acts is the pattern of what a church is supposed to be like. Hmm? That has not been emphasized enough. People have been content to live mental, natural lives without the miraculous, without the supernatural. I am not. I said I am not content to live a natural, mental life. I am hungry. I have tasted some of it. And I want more. (laughs) I am unwilling To live a natural, fleshy, mental only life. I want a spiritual life. I want a spirit filled life. A spirit led life. A manifestations of the gifts of the spirit life. And it begins right here, right now. With us saying, God we want it. You said want it, we do. Here we are. Hey, the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro, looking for somebody whose heart's right and perfect toward him to show himself strong. But when he scans Branson, it ought to light up. Right? He's scanning the whole world. But when he scans Branson, it'll go boom, boom. Ah, look at that. They want me. They want me. They don't forbid talking in tongues. Hmm? They don't denounce and explain away the miraculous. They don't deny healing and miracles. They want me. They want all of me. Say it out loud. That's us. That's us. Hungry. Hungry for the Holy Spirit. We talked about tongues. That's the beginning. That's the entry in. Let me read to you again what uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin said about this. He said, the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more manifestations of the other gifts of the Spirit I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less of the other manifestations I have. Speaking with tongues is the door into all the rest of the spiritual gifts. Did you hear that? 
Well, that shouldn't sound strange to us. How'd the thing start off? In the book of Acts. How'd it start off? The Holy didn't say the Spirit of God appeared and there was fire and he sat on them and they all had a word of knowledge. Holy Ghost sat on them and they all had working the miracles. No, what? Tongues. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with us. That's how it began. That's how they entered into it. God never changes. His word does not change. His spirit does not change. Doesn't need to. He was perfect when he started. So how should we expect it to start with us? So I'll just tell you, you know, we, you don't believe in speaking in tongues. We love you. You don't have to, you don't have to speak in tongues to come to this church. But if you decide, I don't believe that, I don't accept that, you have hindered yourself from stepping into the rest of this. Because it is the doorway. And we live in a world where people deny the miraculous. They have a form of godliness, but what? They deny the power. Anything that has to do with a miracle. More and more you hear people say, and if, if it's a miracle, they explain it away, they deny it. But did you know if you don't believe in miracles, you can't be a Christian? Hmm? Sort of, I know Christians that don't believe in miracles. No, you don't. <laughs> Maybe you know people that call themselves Christians. You can't be a Christian and not believe in miracles. The virgin birth is a miracle. The resurrection is a miracle. The new birth is a miracle. Are y'all with me? The dead being raised. At Jesus coming and the trump sounding. Miracles. 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 You don't believe in miracles. You can't be a Christian. Impossible. Well, this thing began with miracles. It's going to end with miracles. What's supposed to be in the middle? Can you guess? (laughs) Miracles. Miracles. So we talked about tongues. We talked about interpretation just a little bit. We talked about prophecy a little bit. We may come back to that. But I want us to go on to something else. Go to the book of uh, John. We said these nine manifestations of the Spirit are in groups of three. They logically divide into three groups of three. Three manifestations that speak Three manifestations that reveal. Three manifestations that do. You could call them revelation manifestations, utterance manifestations, and power manifestations. And he said, covet earnestly the best or the greater gifts. And people ask, what are, what are the greater ones? Well, here's an answer. Of the utterance, Tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, what might you think? Prophecy is the greatest of those three. The Bible says so. Greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, unless he interprets. Tongue with interpretation is equal to prophecy in a public ministry. So prophecy would be the greater of the three. Not to diminish the value of the other two. Let me say it like this. Jesus said, My father is greater than I am. That doesn't mean he's nothing. But he still said my father is greater. And so these are tongues and interpretation are great. But prophecy is greater. Okay, the uh, revelation manifestations. 
word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the spirits. Of those three, word of wisdom would be the greater. And as we get into it, perhaps you'll see why. It has to do with revelation that includes the plan and will of God. That's pretty big, isn't it? And then also the power manifestations, gifts of healings, working of miracles, and faith. Which one of those you think might be the greater? It's faith. Faith. Because through faith, the other can be manifested too. How many know through faith, miracles or healings can be manifest? Not to diminish the other two. They're great. Just that one would be greater. Now, in talking about the utterance gifts, we covered those three briefly. Let's go to the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. They are, like we said, if you go back to chapter 12 and verse uh, 8, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, and then um, down in verse 10 is discerning the spirits. These are revelations that reveal. Reveal means to uncover what was hidden, to make known what was unknown. They are supernatural. They're spiritual. They're not natural. You can't get the word of knowledge by going to school. You can't get the word of wisdom by reading books. And it is not the gift of wisdom or the gift of knowledge. Now, people have made mistakes in these areas by trying to say, well, what gift do you have? And people sometimes say, well, I have the gift of knowledge. And all of these statements are incorrect. And the thinking is incorrect. You don't have these gifts in the sense that you possess them. And you can operate them at will, at whim. You can't give yourself a word of knowledge through any kind of intense prayer or fasting or exercise. The Lord manifests them to you as he wills. Now you can learn a lot of things studying the Bible. You can learn a lot of things and understand a lot of things. You can get wisdom. You can get knowledge. You can get understanding. You know, a while back we camped out on the subject of wisdom for months, right? And He told us to desire, but that's not what this is talking about. This is not just wisdom. This is not the gift of wisdom. What is it? Word of wisdom. Very different thing. God knows everything. God has all wisdom. And he sees everything. Is this true or not? That's easier said than grasped. That's said a lot. God knows everything about everything. Is it true or not? Then anything you could ever imagine to think of or wonder about or ask, He already knows. Hmm? He already knows. And the good news is his spirit lives inside of you. The one who knows everything about everything lives inside of you 24-7.
Come on now, think about this. Think about this. Is it true that the Holy Spirit who's in you knows absolutely everything about hair and makeup? (laughs) Feeding babies. Cleaning house. Transmissions. Flowers and grass. Hmm? Painting and plumbing. Come on now, does he or not? Let's see a lot of people try to say, oh... God don't care about all that. He sure does. Oh, he's too big and important to deal with all that. No, you don't think he's big enough. You don't think he's big enough to handle all of it at the same time. That he has to prioritize and can only, only has the reserves and abilities to think about the heavy stuff. Is he truly a God who can deal with everything? Hmm? Talk to everybody about everything at the same time. Can he do it? Is he that big? He's something. Oh, wow. We just haven't scratched the surface of who he is and what he is. He knows everything about everything. Can you imagine him saying, I don't know? You know, he did one time. (laughs) You're lying. No, he did. He's got a sense of humor. Well, humor's part of everything. (laughs) Does God know everything about humor? (laughs) There's never been a better humorist than him. God is funny. (laughs) God can make you laugh till you fall out of your chair. He's funny. Now, how much of the church world believes that? You know what he said to one of the prophets one time? He said, I don't know of any other God. After he said, I stretch the heavens, I can measure the oceans in the palm of my hand and and the dust, and and I know the end from the beginning. And he said, "Uh, I don't know of any other God. That's a God joke. So God thought you knew everything. He says, right. And you don't know of any other gods. Right. What does that mean? There ain't none. Because if they were, he'd know about it. Brother Hagin said, uh, when the Lord ministered to him about the healing anointing, something that's serious in so many ways He said, the Lord told him, he said, kneel down in front of me. He did. He said, hold out your hands. He said, he put his finger in the palm of his hands. He said, they begin to burn. He said, now stand up. He said, I've called you and anointed you and given you a special anointing to minister to the sick and told him what to tell the people and how to operate it and how to expect it. He said, and then he said, there was a little curve came in the corner of his mouth. And he said, the anointing's in your hands, not in your feet. He said, I didn't tell you to lay your feet on anybody. (laughs) He said, it's in your hands, not in your head. I didn't tell you to lay your head on anybody. (laughs) Now, some people just, they can't stand to hear anything like that because Jesus is not real to them. 
He's like a fairy tale to them. But he's real. And he's knowable. And he's funny. And he knows everything. Said out loud, the one who knows everything about everything lives in me. He lives in me. Can you see the glorious potential? What does that mean? 1 John 2, 20 and 27 talks about this. You have an unction, an anointing, that word means, of the Holy One, and you know all things. What does that mean? You're not omniscient. No, you're not. But anything that you could ever need to know is already inside you. And it's possible for the Lord to reveal it to you. (laughs) Let's get our minds renewed, guys. Anytime you're dealing with something and you find yourself saying, I got to figure out what to do. Just stop right there. You don't got to figure out what to do. God never has to figure out what to do. He already knows. And all you need to do is get it from him. That's it. You don't have to come up with it. You don't have to create it, fabricate it. He never has to say, I'll get back with you on that. (laughs) We'll have to put some heads together up here and we'll come up with something though. Never, never, never. He's not man. He's God. He already knows. And if he already knows and he's inside you, it's possible you could find out from him. Is it true or not? Is it possible that everything you will ever need to know, he already knows, he's already in you, and it's possible you could get it from him. It's possible you could get every bit of it from him. Well, these manifestations describe some spiritual and supernatural ways you can know things and have wisdom. It's by a manifestation of His Spirit. It's not by you figuring. It's not by you learning naturally. He just reveals it to you and now you know. Now He knows everything about everything. Have you ever, uh, you know we're in the computer age. So you ever accessed a file and it starts feeding and it just keeps feeding. And keeps feeding. You know, we're flying. We're pilots. And, oh, man, the information. One saying in the military on aviation used to be when the paperwork equaled the weight of the aircraft, you're ready to depart. (laughs) It can just go on and on and on. A weather briefing can just fill up this many papers. I mean, it just, and sometimes you log on to get some information, and it just starts rolling, rolling pages and pages and pages. And you're like, I didn't want to know all that. I just want to know this. You just want a word. (laughs) You don't want all nine volumes. You don't need all nine volumes. You just want the word that applies to what you're doing right now. That's why it's not page of knowledge, paragraph of knowledge, not even sentence of knowledge. What is it? What is it? Word. Word. 
of knowledge. You go to the lawyer about something. Well, one reason you pay a good lawyer the big bucks is because they're supposed to know all this stuff about the law. But when you go in, you don't want them telling you everything they know about the law. What do you need? You need a word about your case. The word that applies to your case right now. That's really all you want to know. You go to the doctor. Really good doctors and really good specialists. Why are they so valuable? Well, they've spent so long learning all these things about the body and about medicines and procedures and all this stuff. Well, you don't want to know everything they've learned in the last 30 years. What do you want to know? The word about my case that applies to me right now. Well, how many understand if we said, God, tell me everything you know <laughs> about baked squash. It'd just start feeding, wouldn't it? I mean, he made squash. <laughs> right? And he made the sunshine that causes the squash to grow. And he created the water. I mean, God could talk to you about squash from now on. <laughs> you said, I, I don't really need to know all about squash. You don't need to know all about it. What do you need to know? A word. A word. And you know, a whole lot of what he would tell us would be off our scale anyway. Right? We wouldn't relate to it. Now I think eventually we'll relate to more and more because we're growing up. But how many know a three-year-old can ask questions you can't tell them? You can tell them, but they wouldn't know what you're talking about. You could explain it eloquently and completely and perfectly, and they wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. But if they'll grow another 10 years or 20 years, they can relate. And that's where we are with him. But... He reveals to us, as we'll look to him and pay attention to him, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Not something you figured out, not something that you got because you're more intelligent than the average bear. Supernaturally. Somebody say supernatural. Supernatural revelation. You didn't know it, and now you do. Where'd you get it? You didn't hear it. You didn't figure it out. You didn't read it. Where'd you get it? God gave it to you. He gave you a word of what he knows. We ought to be living like this. Every day. Every night. Every week. It ought to just be a common fact. The Lord said it will be. A common thing. With us. Right? You'll just hear it at a regular basis. It's already been happening some. But it's going to become a common thing. As far as frequency with us, you'll see things, you'll know things. And when you stop to examine it, how did I know that? You couldn't have known it. (laughs) No way you could have known it. But God revealed it to you. And then you did. And it saved your hide. (laughs) This happens all through the the book of Acts. Are, Are you in John 4? Are you in John 4? This story, Jesus stopped by at the well, and the woman came by. You remember that? And uh, he said to her, give me some water to drink. And the conversation continued. 
She had uh, issues with prejudice against Jews, assumed he was prejudiced against her people. And he just kept talking to her and he said, well, go call your husband and come here. She said, uh, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, well, you've well said I have no husband because you have had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. How could he have known that? He's never met this woman before. Now see, today it's popular to talk about that people are clairvoyant. Or that, what's the word? Psychic. So-and-so is a psychic. Forget about that. I said forget about that. God knows everything. To say, I have the gift of knowledge. How do you like the sound of that? I have the gift of wisdom. Where's the emphasis? It's on you. And the emphasis is, and you hear the talk in the world, well, they have a gift. They have a gift. And they try to use it for good. All the emphasis is on them. No. That's not the right way to say it. The Lord gave me the gift of knowledge. I have the gift of knowledge. No, the way to say it is I was in a situation and he gave me a word of knowledge about it. Does that mean you knew everything about it? No. You just squinted your eyes and concentrated and sucked it out of the nether regions? (laughs) What we're talking about is not mental. It is not just sheer human spiritual energy and effort. It is knowing God and walking with Him. He knows everything. Not you. You don't know everything. He knows everything. And through communion with Him, He could reveal something to you. Now when He does, it's important that you handle it correctly. And you don't try to make out to folk that you're something. Because this has happened with us, I don't know at the times. Because God's been so gracious to us. I've had people look at me and say, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? And you can tell they're impressed. Well, now it's important how I respond. If I want to keep having this happen, Phyllis, all the time this kind of thing happens. People look at her, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? Well, you can say, Well, you have to pray a lot. You got to do your time in prayer. And you know, I've just always been like that. I guess I'm just different from a lot of folks. Yeah, I see a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know, I know a lot. I don't like to talk about it. Are y'all with me? Well, then why are you talking about it if you don't like to? See, that is flesh. Drawing attention to yourself. Trying to impress people with your spirituality. And you will not be used like that. Oh, you can fabricate things out of your own mind. You can imagine things and try to do that. And there's a lot of this going on. And people think it's so spiritual. And it's just flesh. And people are missing it right and left. Or 
you can humble yourself and admit that nothing you could do (laughs) could produce a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom inside yourself. And that when it does happen, you better say it right. Are y'all with me now? If you want to continue to operate and grow in these kinds, what do you say? What do you say? How'd you know that? How'd you know? Come on, help me out now. How'd you know that? How'd you know that's what it was? Hmm? The Lord. Make sure that's the first two words you say. What? The Lord. The Lord just revealed it to me. I didn't know it. How'd you know that was going? I didn't. Don't hesitate to say you didn't know. How'd you know that? I didn't know. I didn't know. Let's practice that one time. I didn't know. I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know any more than you did. I didn't know. And then all at once, the Lord showed me. The Lord gave it to me and I saw it and I knew it. Hmm? And sometimes people even assume, well then, what else do you know? (laughs) You must know. You probably know all about it. No, he just gave me a a word. He didn't give me the whole volume on it. He just gave me a word. Now listen, here's something else important. The Lord does not reveal things to you about other people to embarrass and hurt them with. Are y'all with me? If you'll walk close with him and pray and Stay focused. Pay attention to what you get inside. You'll see more and more things. And know more and more things. But if you go around and blab it. And it hurts people. And it embarrasses them. You'll disqualify yourself. Because God is love. I said God is love. He's not interested. If he showed you something. What it's for. For you to judge them. Tell somebody. No. Why did he show you? Because there's something you can do. Are y'all with me now? There's something that he wouldn't have showed you unless there's something you can do. Maybe it's pray for them. Maybe it's call them and talk to them. How many understand you could comfort somebody and they'll never know you know? Are y'all with me now? There's been numerous times the Lord's had me call people or visit people and they never knew. I knew what it was and there was no need for me to tell them. No need. What's it going to help? They need to be encouraged. They need to know there's a tomorrow after this. They need to know that God loves them. Somebody else still believes in them. Hmm? And that can be reasons why he lets you see something and know it. But how many understand the Lord wants you to be faithful with these things? And the more, it's just like with anybody else. I mean, uh, there's not too many people you can tell much to. Because they'll, you know, you say don't tell anybody, and they'll go right out and say, now, don't tell anybody, but, and then they tell three more people that you can't tell anybody. The faith, he that's of a faithful spirit, the Bible said, conceals the matter. Go with me to the book of Acts. Let's look at a few more of these. Acts 5. How many agree that our church and our lives are supposed to sound like this book right here? Book of Acts. Hmm? We're supposed to read through this. As we read the Bible on a regular basis, we read through the book of Acts and go, glory to God. That's what happened yesterday. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then something else happened in our life. We go, man, that's just like Acts 5. That's just like Acts 5. That's just like Acts 9. That's just like Acts 21. Glory to God. Say it out loud. Put your hand. You got it open to Acts? Put your hand on top of that. Say it out loud. These kind of things happen in our church. Happen in our families. Happen in my life. On a regular basis. We live like this. This is how we live. Is there a better example of how to live? This is God's, this is why he had it recorded for us. To show us how the church is supposed to operate. How the spirit-filled believer is supposed to live. Acts 5. Certain men named Ananias and Sapphira sold a possession, kept back part of the money. They took it and brought it to the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, thank you for this big offering. It probably was substantial. Hmm? They sold property. It probably was substantial. I guess it was a good thing Peter wasn't afraid of losing a member. <laughs> or that the guy might get mad and say, forget it, I'm keeping this offering. You can't be covetous and have the spirit-filled life. Because you're coveting something else. More than you are the gifts of the Spirit. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? How did he know? How did he know? He would, you know, there's no indication that he was there when they closed the deal. That he knew what the selling price was. Other people have been coming up there on a regular basis. It was a thing, the Spirit of God was moving throughout the church during that time. People were liquidating lands and houses and properties and bringing, sowing them into the church. Several people had done it. And no record that he said anything to them about, are you sure that's how much it was? You sure that's all of it? He wasn't doing that. Why did he stop with them and go, here they got this big check. This big check. And they said, we just want to sow this whole thing into the church. And he said, why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? How did he know? The Lord gave him a word of knowledge. Can you see this? And then, you know, he fell dead. His wife came in. They asked her the question. I wonder if she knew what was riding on her answer. <laughs> and uh, she lied and fell dead. This was over an offering. Are offerings important? See, people try to minimize them. They don't like to hear preachers talk about it or anybody else. And they, it's important. It's right here in the front of the, the book of Acts. Acts 9. Say it again. This is how we live. We know things. How many believe you could be uh, sitting at the table on a business deal with somebody and they're describing something to you and you're just happy about the whole thing and the Holy Ghost inside you says they're lying? That ain't the figure. This is the figure. 
Would he do that for you? Absolutely. If you'll pay attention. Now let's stop and look at this. What if Peter was more carnal than he was at this time? And more fleshy. And hadn't been listening to the Spirit of God very well. And had calloused himself. And they come up with this great big check and everybody's happy and everybody's shouting. They've just had the most wonderful time in the church these last several weeks and months. God is moving in an amazing way. And who wants to reign on that parade? And they throw this big check up and say, we want to sow all this into the church. And it came up to him, they're lying. They are lying. It's not the whole price. (laughs) And uh, what if he had stopped and said, is that right? And he looked at them and they're smiling and they're so sincere and they're holding their big check out. Everybody's shouting. And How many understand this is really going to change the feeling of the service? <laughs> Isn't it? Who wants to do that? And there's other people lined up behind them. Well, after this, they may get out of line. (laughs) What if he'd have stood there and thought, I can't be right. I know them. They're good people. That can't be right. If you know anything about these things, you know you can get in your head and you can talk yourself right out of it. You can override it and just think, well, I, you know, I don't know. And just smile and take the check and let them pass on. The reason I bring it up is because this has been happening. Things come up and people are not paying attention to them. The word of knowledge can come in spectacular ways, but it comes in ways that are not spectacular. It's spiritual, but it's not spectacular. You can get a word of knowledge through a prophecy, through a tongue and interpretation, through what you hear. You could get a word of knowledge. You can get a word of knowledge through what you see, a vision, a dream. You can also get a word of knowledge as a perception. Perception. Somebody say perception. Perception. That's a knowing. It's not as spectacular as these other ways, but it's still supernatural. It's still spiritual. You just perceive it and you know something. Well, why do you know that though? Why would you think that? There's been numerous times with Phyllis. Now, we'll talk about it. We were all ready to do something and something comes up. We thought, man, I wasn't thinking about that. Why would I think that? And you realize you didn't. That didn't come from your head. And when it comes up out of your spirit like that, pay attention to it. Don't ignore it. Don't override it. Now certainly you can miss it. We're learning in these things. But don't ignore it. This is how you learn some things. Follow through. See what you can learn about it. Ask questions. But don't just ignore it. Now... Where are you? Chapter 5 still? You're at 9? You see the same thing here. Saul is just destroying the church. He meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And verse 10. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias? He said, I'm here, Lord. Boy, there's volumes in that one statement. Why did the Lord talk to this man? Why did he go to him instead of a thousand other people that night? He was there in more ways than one. He was there. He was aware. 
He was ready to hear anything the Lord said. You might say he coveted these things. Oh, can you see this? What's his response when the Lord calls his name? Huh, come on, tell me. Who that? Who that? Uh-uh, uh-uh. What's his response? He knew who it was. Come on, come on. He knew who it was. Why? Because he didn't start just paying attention to the Lord just tonight. He endeavors to be aware of him and pay attention to him every day. So when he says, Ananias, he said, yes, sir. Here. Present. Ready. Oh, can you see this? Who gets used? Who gets these things? And he said, Ananias. He said, I'm here, Lord. The Lord said, Arise, go to the street which is called Straight. Inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. He's praying. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. How in the world could you know all that? Where the man is and what he just saw. Now, this was not the only thing going on in the earth that night. God knew everybody that saw anything through the whole planet. Does Ananias need to know all that? Mm -mm. Does he need to know everything the Lord has said to Saul? No, but this he does need to know. And the Lord showed him and told him. And so he went and ministered to the man and Saul became Paul. Began his great ministry. Acts 10. Why are we reading these in the book of Acts? This is our life. This is how we live. Chapter 10. There was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius. He was a praying and a giving man. He saw visions of an angel. And the angel said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Does God hear prayers? Does he see offerings? Yes. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner and his house is by the seaside. How could you know that? Somebody say supernatural. Revelation. Knowing something. By the Spirit of God. Go to Acts 11. Now the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom often operate together. Word of knowledge has to do with knowing something that has happened or is happening. Anybody, anything that has existed or does exist, knowledge, knowing something. But word of wisdom looks to the future. The Bible talks about the wisdom of God in God saying, I will. In the book of Luke, I guess it is, that the wisdom of God, the Lord said, I will do this and I will do that. We talked about wisdom. It has to do with the future and understanding of God's plan. And here you see both of them operate simultaneously. Paul is there with Agabus. This is Acts uh, 11 and down in 27. Those days came prophets from Jerusalem and Antioch. This is Acts 12, verse 27. There stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great Darth through all the world. He said there's coming a drought. 
Now notice this. Verse 29. And the disciples said, well, we'll see if that happens. No, they started getting ready. They just acted on it. Before they heard the weather reports or anything. Before the new almanac came out. Are y'all with me? What a different church it would be. If we got to the place where the word of God, we operated more by revelation than we did anything we ever heard on the news or the weather or anybody talking. Come on now, can we get to that place? Now, don't think I'm implying that anybody that says, thus saith the Lord, you jump and do it. This man has a proven ministry, it's obvious. People know him. They've seen probably time and time again when he got up and said something, it was right, it was the Lord. He had a place in ministry in these churches. But we should have these kind of ministries and we should have this kind of thing in our own life that when we get revelation, we don't have to hear somebody else's report about it. If it is from the Lord, it's right. Before science verifies it. Before the tests come back. Come on, are y'all with me now? If it's from him, it's right. Somebody say glory to God. Look in the 21st chapter. Acts 21, verse 10. We tarried there many days, and there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. When he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet, and says, Thus says the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle, and will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now that's word of what? Huh? What is that? Word of wisdom. This is what's going to happen. This is a revelation. God sees the future. He knows the end from the beginning. Word of knowledge is revelation of something that exists or has existed, has happened, or is happening. Something you can know. The future hasn't happened yet. God, though, sees the end from the beginning. And how many remember the Bible says the Holy Spirit, one of his ministries in our life, is that he will show us. Things to come. Can you say amen? Amen. Look in 27. Chapter 27 and 10. Say it again. This is how we live. They were loading Paul and everybody on this ship. To take their trip. And you know from reading the story. It was a bad trip. It was a rough trip. Acts 27.10, he said, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with much hurt and damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of their lives. How could he know that? Hmm? Sun shining. No bad weather on the horizon. Nobody's got any reason to think. And he says, don't, you don't need to leave. If we do this. We're in danger of losing the ship and the cargo and all our lives. How could he know that? Hmm? God knows everything about all ship voyages and weather everywhere, but he didn't tell them about all of them. He just told them about this one thing that pertained to them. Well, they didn't listen. If they'd have listened, 
They'd have missed all that shipwreck. Wouldn't they? And being stuck on that island. and all, They'd have missed all of that. If they'd have listened and paid attention. But they didn't. So they launched and it, everything looked fine. But I mean just a few days. Here come the winds. Here came the storm. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Week after week. Until the Bible said all hope that we should be saved was gone. Everybody thought for sure we're dying out here. Paul got in the belly of that thing and prayed. Sought God. And the Lord gave him another word. Oh, hallelujah. How many like these words of wisdom and words of... Gave him another word. He said, skip down to verse uh, 21. He said, sirs, you should have hearkened to me. You should have listened to me and not left Crete and gained this harm and loss. But I exhort you, be a good cheer. There shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. We are going to lose the ship. How many know it can cost you when you ignore God? Even if he hears you and answers your prayer and bails you out, it can still cost you because you didn't listen to begin with. They're not going to lose their life, but they are going to lose all their cargo and they're going to lose the ship. And he couldn't change that. But he said, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. He said, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar and God has given all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe, God, it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast on a certain island. How could he know that? How could he know before they left? It's going to be a terrible storm. And now in the middle of the storm, how could he know we're going to lose the ship, but we're going to make it out alive, and we're going to wind up on an island? How could he know? I said, he's psychic. No. No. He has a gift. No. That's the wrong way to say it. God gave him a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Can you say amen? Amen. Somebody say glory to God. God. Learning about these things, God has used different people in our life that stirred us up at a young age. I'm thinking of an older uh, man and lady that had been in ministry many years, and the Lord used her in word of knowledge. And Phyllis and I were at a couple of services that they did early in our ministry, and God just taught us some things through them. She had word of knowledge a lot. He had some too. And um, they told about some stories. They got them a little travel trailer, and they were going from meeting to meeting. And when they first got it, brand spanking new, they went on their first trip. They're so happy. They're so thrilled. But before they could get to their destination, this huge thunderstorm came up. And when they pulled into the park where they're supposed to put it up, it's just drenching them. So he said, you just stay in the car. And he got out and he went and tried to hook it up and hooked up all the power and all that stuff. Couldn't get the lights to come on. And so, you know, she's sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost and she sees him running around. It's not going real good. And she kept getting this word in her spirit and they've learned how to pay attention to some of these things so she calls him over first of all does God know everything about electricity huh and wiring and trailers does he know it so do we really have to figure all this out or does he already know and could he tell us and she kept getting light bulbs and she thought, well, I don't want to bug him. It's pouring down, right? But she kept getting light. But finally, they'd been this 
through this enough to know. She finally rolled down the window and getting soaked herself and waved. And he came over and he's getting dressed. He said, what? She said, I keep getting light bulbs. He said, light bulbs? Light bulbs? So they kept trying some other stuff. They checked all the fuse. There. Finally, they went in there. Not a light bulb in the trailer. <laughs> it was new and they, there were no, how's the lights going to come on? A word. That's all they really needed to know, wasn't it? Light bulbs. Everybody say light bulbs. Light bulbs. I remember one time uh, Phyllis and I were going to ride motorcycles with some people on a little vacation trip. We'd worked all day and night, and, and I thought my bike was ready to go, and, and we had to hurry up and go meet them. And I went out there, and I turned it on, blew a fuse. Well, I thought, well, maybe this is the weak fuse or something. You know, normally it's not. But I put a little fuse in, pop, popped it again. I thought, I hadn't got time for this. Well, let's just stop right here. Does the Holy Ghost already know? Does he? Well, I started pulling off the seat. And while I'm pulling off the seat, I got headlamp. Now, I didn't hear a voice. I didn't have a vision of a headlamp. Are you listening? (laughs) I didn't see anything written in the sky, headlamp. It just came up to my mind. Are you with me? A perception, a knowing headlamp. Well, I thought I I checked that headlamp the other day. So I kind of looked at it real quick, you know, and thought, well, that's not it. And I went to pulling the seat off and doing some other stuff. And an hour later, I got quiet just a minute, headlamp. I thought, well, I've already checked the headlamp. I looked at it again. I pulled off the plug and I looked around. I checked the screw. It looks fine. You know, pull it. Another hour went by. I sit there quiet. I'm tired of fooling with it, you know. Headlamp. Okay. I pulled the headlamp apart, went inside it. That's what it was. Two wires touching together. I could have saved myself three hours. Now, do you know what I'm talking about or not? Why haven't we paid more attention to these kind of things? I know uh, this lady talked about another time they were going to a meeting and they were late getting there. And it was a new town. They didn't know where they were. And so uh, this is before the days of moving maps and GPSs. And they didn't have any of that anyway. And, and so they, where is this place? Where? And it kept coming up in her uh, newspaper. Well, see, sometimes you'll try to put your head with it. I don't need a newspaper. I need to find the church. Just a few minutes, we're supposed to start. Kept coming up, newspaper. She's not hearing voices, not seeing things. A perception, a knowing newspaper. Finally, she told her husband, I keep getting newspaper. Newspaper? They were coming by a convenience store. Well, they've learned. Though to pay, they whipped in there. He went there and said, you got a local newspaper? Yeah, right there. He picked it up. He said, well, I'm going to get one. Didn't know why. Got it and went back out in the car. And he said, well, here's your newspaper. (laughs) And we still ain't found the church. She pulled it out, opened it up. And it said, uh, Reverend so-and-so told my them. Having a meeting at such and such church, and there's a map. <laughs> how did it get there? <laughs> well, how would you have ever known that? You wouldn't. But he does. He knows the quickest, the easiest, the simplest, the best, the most complete, the most perfect way to do everything all the time. And he lives inside you. I said he lives inside you. Stand up on your feet. Somebody say glory to God.
Oh, let's lift up our hands and thank the Lord. We live the supernatural life. We live the spirit-filled life. What can you do to get yourself more into this? Huh? Two things that we've gone over already. What can you do? What can you do? You can pray in tongues a lot. A lot. A lot. If you don't pray in tongues, you can start. If you do, you can pray in tongues more. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Speak in tongues, speak in tongues. And you can desire and hunger for these things. And you can pay attention. Let's just do it right now. Everybody lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Speak in tongues. Oh, flomanda kostechi. Ev di manande vongombaru embrembe di selo. Of le mandigo o jomongrokshane. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Pray in the spirit. Mani vanombalik zondu longong jade badesici. Ev di bandi longog zone monover embredji do dokshe. Avel emblen zende vondu gong jo do okshe. Shela go ugze namande. Vilim balembele vromando ole brane and linkte. Deliver non de bungar and brimbesica jade vanoria, lesto, banja, devo, osto, condo, oncia, ondese, ondujo, nembaca, ovene, osulo, ondevre, meniste. Oh, comarembresa, onde vonale mondigion ocle. Enzengale octave de ojo alevlemande nese dusho donje ise oso okene meshe. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. One thing that praying in the Spirit does, it makes you more aware of your own spirit. And that's where he is. That's where he is. You're not trying to make him give you something or do something. You just want to be aware when he does. And alert and paying attention. Thank you, Father. Everybody pray it out loud, Father God. Thank you for your spirit. Help me to live the spirit-filled, spirit-led life. I hunger. For the gifts of the Spirit. Teach me more. About these things. Help me to recognize them. Pay attention to them. Yield to them. In Jesus name. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Do it some more. Close your eyes. Pray in the Spirit some more. I'm in the glory. Mendi gangs on the levokno oxe. Mandi velemble esogarek do jorootes. Mandi veno octo, oxo do oxe odiwe. Mande oco sulo, of de bane, f de bije, of do bonre, f de manda, af de banga, es naliche. Os de gonde, os do ninge, es de vibe, nambarodo, os do luge, ele ginse, 
elezando, nandivile, ostubando, orembrense, belevrenonzo, nelengreniste, nelegrodoxe, nelengnaca, nasa, danja, deve, bese. Everybody said out loud, just keep your eyes closed, help you focus on the inside. Said out loud, I have an anointing. I have an unction of the Holy One, and I know all things I need to know. The Holy Spirit shows me things to come. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, just speak a little bit more. Focus a little more. Onj do mengera, ele flamanganza na nocte, nemba de etiche, levle mande gorna marde, ile greneste, olevrondo bucare, de zike, de jnaye, de mesile, donanonxe, donamonira, ofne, ore, brese, dujne, Gosno nampaka lesta be loj de nonye 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 dama la duche dama la duche nambe la duche nambe la duche osne mangarate nevre nembeliste levre nambagaste o sho shole Ohne sole, ohne sole, ohne sole, ohne sole, ne sole, ne sole, ne minca lo mens dengande boloxide, non gocsti onde bonaie, divindi benese de duge, varembrebes suda, varembremende, bele frenante, lembre mesile, this is not an imagination. This is not imaginations. This is something you didn't know, and all at once, supernaturally, you know. You didn't strain to think it up. You didn't know it. Now you do. You didn't produce it. You didn't give it to yourself. He revealed it to you. Hallelujah. Say, this is how I operate. This is how I live. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you. I heard these words. Look inside. Look inside. Look to the author and the finisher of your faith. Pay attention all through the day, all through the night. Check inside. Look inside. And you'll see and you'll hear and you'll know there will be revelation. There will be anointing. There will be direction. You'll be spared. You'll be protected. You'll be kept. You'll be instructed. You'll be empowered and enabled. But you must look. You must check. Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart.
Don't lean. Don't rely on. Don't just live by your own understanding and reasoning. Look inside. Look inside. For that's where he abides. Hallelujah. Glory. God. Somebody say look inside. Check inside. How often should you do this? Regular basis. Regular basis. Check inside. Check inside. Phyllis and I uh, have done this as a way of life for years now. And it's just, I don't know any other way to live. I don't know why you'd want to live any other way. I mean, all the while, we're making decisions. If I'm out on the road, and I'm, am I going to go here? Am I going to do this? I'm looking. I'm finding out what I can. I'm listening. But all the while, I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm checking. Looking for that witness. Looking for that peace. Looking for that knowing. Somebody say check. Use your head, but don't be led by your head. Glory to God. Y'all got something to say? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.